Hello, and welcome to the, I boy, crazy, we've been doing this a long time, 22nd annual award-winning podcast, the Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. I'm Patrick Remion. Welcome to the Academy. Aloha, Patrick. Oh, aloha. Oh, yeah. A little so little side topic nice. there, but we'll wait for that for later. <laughs> um, we'll, oh. we'll wait for that for later. Oh, and by the way, I, uh, to the one Belgian listener that we have who downloaded some episodes recently, uh, thank you. Are you are you Flemish? Are you are you Francophone? Are you from Malonia? Are you from that inter- weird little German part of Belgium? It's not weird. It's probably great. Shout out to us. We love you, man. We love you. Tell us what your favorite street movie is, because that's what you're, I, I believe you're catching up on. Aloha to you. Aloha to our listener from Greece, who we're assuming is Avidio Oceanitis. I apologize. I have butchered the shit out of your name over and over again. I apologize. We're going to watch The Visitor. We'll tell you that. Guess who we're doing this season? We're doing Al Pacino. Oh my goodness. Season two, Al Pacino. There it is. The first of many. And you know, if last season was just a series of so worse and worse taste, Sophie's choice jokes. We're going to, we're in the hoo zone. We're going to have every guest is going to give us a hoo I imagine. Oh yeah, every guest will give us a hua. Every guest is probably gonna do their riff on the Dunkachino song. Like, oh yes, just just uh, huas and Dunkachinos from here on out, brother. I mean, before we get into it, I boy, I mean, I guess we should just. Uh, I mean, this is what everybody's gonna be talking about. Should just the the Dunkachino commercial have been in this bracket on its own, just as its own thing as his greatest performance? Uh, I mean, I think what should happen is that should just um, the winner of the bracket should have to go because it's like it's a given. It's going to make it to the finals. It, yeah, it just gets a buy. It's going to kind of gets a buy just to go all the way to the finals. The free pass. It's like uh, it's like, you know, you get a, you get a chance to go at the king if you win this. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. All, all of you are aware of it. If you haven't, we're not even going to tease anything further. Just go to your YouTube and type in Dunkachino, and um, you're welcome if you haven't heard of it. <laughs> um, we'll be covering it extensively, though. You know, we'll get to it. We're doing Al Pacino. Yeah, we'll do. We'll, we're gonna have one of those. Uh, you know those podcasts that do like uh, it's like the Star Wars minute, where like they cover like a minute of Star Wars, mm-hmm. like for yeah. every episode of the podcast. We're gonna do like a, we're gonna do a, a Dunkachino second podcast where we cover every second of the Dunkachino. <laughs> Like the the three minute scene in detail, so we'll have three hundred episodes. No, not three hundred. One hundred and eighty episodes. One hundred <laughs> seconds in a minute. Patrick, what are you doing? What are you doing, uh, man? Math. Uh, but, it's uh, early. It's Saturday. It is Saturday. Yes, <laughs> I woke up at the crack of noon today. <laughs> uh, it's interesting <laughs> though. There actually is uh, one of those uh, minute by minute podcasts for one of the films we're going to be covering this season um probably better than our show but uh i listened to it it was wonderful one heat minute we'll give him a shout out um but alfredo alfredo 
James Pacino. Hey, same middle name as me, Patrick. Can you believe that? Um, born April 25th, 1940. His birthday's coming up, folks. And, you know, we'll don't you have to know that the Academy Academy will be celebrating that appropriately. But as it stands right now, 80 years of age, still going strong. He's currently filming with Ridley Scott, the new uh, Gucci film wow. that everyone is in. Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, down the line. House of Gucci is what it's called. Al's playing Aldo Gucci. I don't know the story. I'm expecting to learn it when I see it. <laughs> yeah, really, Scott moves really fast. He's He actually has another film already in the can, just waiting to be released. So... Who knows if we'll still be doing the Al Pacino season when House of Gucci's released, but we'll be uh, if we if uh, if it is, expect full Academy Academy coverage. Um, career spanning five decades, all the awards, all the nominations, only one Academy Award win, two Tonys, two Primetime Emmys. He has the Triple Crown of Acting. He's received the AFI Lifetime Achievement, Cecil B. DeMille Award. The uh, National Medal of Arts. Al is kind of... If Meryl Streep is the, like... Kind of like... I just showed up and I'm brilliant. Outsider of acting. Al, you see, the work is there. He's doing it in front of you. He's a classic, hardcore method actor. Actor studio guy. Learned under Lee Strasberg. He did not go to college. He barely, barely made it through high school. He's a New York stage actor at his core uh, just kind of through and through he's one of the um kind of the epit one of the epitome one of the key figures of that new hollywood 70s era of acting and filmmaking that you know everybody myself included worships so much i mean you oh, know yeah. the you know the movies we're going to be covering the movies we'll talk about them individually momentarily here but um you know, we're gonna end up, we're gonna start off the show by introducing a brand new segment for those of you who are fans of the Streep story. This segment is gonna open all of our shows, and it's going to be called "What's Your Al Toe Biography." Patrick, what's your Al Toe Biography? <laughs> what's my Al Toe Biography? Oh, yes. ooh, I love it. I love it. I'm gonna love it every time. Uh, I'm trying to. <laughs> I think my autobiography, you know what it starts off with? I think it starts with a young Patrick watching The Devil's Advocate on TNT and getting the shit scared out of him. Wow. What an introduction. That that movie, when, uh, not super young, but I think, like, you know, I was probably, like, 10. And, like, just seeing, uh, suddenly, I think I only watched, like, the second half of that movie, and then, like... Al Pacino just full on becomes the devil and there's fire behind it behind him. I was like, Whoa, I thought this was just a normal lawyer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is how law works. Uh, I don't know. I uh, probably wasn't, I wasn't exactly like that, but uh, I don't know. It just shocked me, but I loved it. Um, trying to think of like what other Al Pacino, obviously man, love the Irishman. Oh yeah. Irishman slapped. Uh, the Academy, Godfather. Academy, Academy approved Academy, Academy favorite, the Irishman. Oh, it's so good. I think that's like, I could watch that. That movie is like, uh, that's like the the movie that I, like, you know how like there's like those like YouTube videos of just like lo-fi beats or whatever you do homework to? That's like the, that's like the Irishman is like the lo-fi chill beats I 
do editing to or like do whatever to because it's just like, it's just it's just soothing to have on the background it's just like oh man it's like your favorite you know scorsese jam band just you know do it playing all the hits yeah a little oh, bit, yeah a little looser a little a little little goofier but man it's good as hell um but then heartbreaking at the end yeah uh, brings you tr- back down to earth oh yeah oh yeah um and then uh i'm trying to see a panic and needle park i've seen uh, I didn't, but like beyond that, I think the Devil's Advocate was like really like the only one I remember as a kid like watching. I've just I just never had a huge. Um, of course, I'm gonna think of something like 30 minutes into the podcast, <laughs> and I'll bring it up later. But just mm-hmm. like on the top of my head right now, uh, I cannot think of an Al Pacino. Like I just I just was never like super because uh, I never watched all the you know I watched Goodfellas. I watched, but he wasn't in Goodfellas. Uh, <laughs> I just never watched a bunch of Pacino stuff as a lad. I wasn't mm. a Pacino, but what about yourself? You were telling me off off air that you were a bit of a bit of a Pacino freak. Yeah, my my Alto biography is uh, I, I I I'm looking back through his uh, his filmography, and I know that like 1990s Dick Tracy was a film that I really was a, really anticipated coming out i was very excited eight eight year old don was very very excited about that he of course plays alphonse big boy caprice in that movie and i didn't realize at the time that that movie is essentially warren Beatty assembling all of his new hollywood friends to play a random makeup filled (laughs) rogues gallery of villains you know to me as a kid i was like this is wild this is so cool and i i was actually thinking before i went on the air it's like i wish like there were more like Marvel and superhero movies. I guess like I haven't seen it, but Zack Snyder kind of does this in the way of like just complete over the top over stylization of everything like Dick Tracy is like. I yeah, I'm excited to actually rewatch Dick Tracy because I don't think I've seen it in quite a long time. But when I was a kid, I was just fascinated by it. And of course, you know, I told my brother we were doing this season, and uh, he launched immediately into "Somebody get my Dick Tracy," you know, an Al Pacino, big boy Caprice <laughs> impersonation. Because it was, it was a that was a big one around my house. Patrick, full disclosure, I was Dick Tracy for Halloween around 1990, 1991, oh, that's so good. complete with a yellow uh, uh, French coat and hat that I uh, was super Let's proud a of. Picture of this. I, I I'll see if we could track. I'll see. If, I'll see if we could track one down. I'm sure my folks have one somewhere. But um, so I was I was, I was very oh, very interested in that. And then of course 1990 was also the same year as The Godfather Part Three. And I hadn't seen um, Ooh, The yeah. Godfather's yet at that point. But the uh, the double video double VHS copies of the films loomed large on my dad's VHS shelf, and. Um, I remember it was nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards and I thought Al Pacino's haircut seemed very strange in it as a kid. And I just like it was like, oh, this guy seems like a very serious character. Like he's like, like, I guess like we talked about it in our Streep story, like Meryl Streep at that time seemed like, oh, these are kind of like mom movies in a way to 1990 Don at the same way that Al Pacino movies seem like dad movies in a, in a way. And I, and maybe, maybe as an eight year old trying to like get to be, be buds with my dad, I was kind of like, Oh, this, this seems like adult and interesting. And I've always been like, you know, very, very 
interested in kind of that area of art. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that like I always think back like Pulp Fiction and Lion King came out in a very comparable time period. And I was so much more interested mm-hmm. in Pulp Fiction and kind of like the unknown of it and kind of the like danger of it. And I think Al Pacino, because he was so like he he made movies that were clearly for adults outside of Dick Tracy, I guess. But he was the bad guy in Dick Tracy. Um, and he like one of my favorite things, even to this day, I was just watching some special features actually before we jumped on of one of his movies when he shows up in interviews and his hair is everywhere and he's got a weird goatee and his shirt's open down to like halfway to his chest. And he's like talking about acting crosses. I was like, this guy is wild. I'm just like, so into like whatever this, like, like, yeah, Meryl Streep's like kind hippie mom quality in interviews. Wasn't nearly as intriguing to like 10 year old Don as this like weird guy all in black talking about like how serious of an actor he was. But then, like, by 92, uh, he won the Academy Award for Scent of a Woman. So he was kind of everywhere at that time period. And I didn't know it was kind of, we'll talk about it when we get to Scent of a Woman, but kind of a makeup Oscar is what it's kind of generally considered one of the all-time makeup Oscars because he had never won before. He'd been nominated a bunch, but I didn't really know the Oscar politics at age 10. I just was like saw him doing the tango as a blind guy who yelled a lot. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> this is Academy worthy, yes. Yeah, and it was just like uh, the next yeah, year he was like, doing Carlito's Way, and two years after that it was Heat, and I was like, oh, this guy seems great. <laughs> um, you were saying? This is a cool dude. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, no, I was saying like a, like a Dick Tracy I didn't see until like after college. Oh. Uh, and it's, it's good. You're going to... You're going to like it. It's good. I, I bet I will. Up, yeah. I, think. I know that it's just uh, like, as a kid, like, I was a fan of the action figures. I was, like, very involved in the very kid end of being into Dick Tracy, not knowing it's, like, kind of a weird, like, weirdo, o-tourist Warren Beatty project. Yeah. And I, and I just, oh, totally. And I, and I just uh, also, I looked over just his filmography one more time. And like honestly, yeah, I've only like Devil's Advocate. I think was the only movie I saw before I went to college mm. with Al Pacino in it. I think like it's so weird. Like, uh, I remember I have distinct memories of almost seeing Jiggly with my family. G, G with my, and then, and then I was able. G, G, yeah, G. Let's say it one more time. Jiggly, Jiggly, Jiggly. Okay, not, oh. not giggly, not Jiggly. Uh, almost saw, <laughs> almost saw that film. But then I think I convinced my parents to take me to. To bringing down the house, the the Steve Martin Queen uh, Latifah, yeah, Eugene 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 Levy says the immortal line, "You have me straight tripping, boo." Oh, back when it was funny for Eugene Levy just to say lines like that, like in his post American pie, like, oh, he's in he's a total square, but we'll have him do not square things, and that that's yeah. comedy. Uh, a Canadian saying such lingo? But he seems Sounds. so polite. <laughs> he, he would never say boo. He'd only say boo if he saw a ghost. Yeah, exactly. Wait, and, what is going on with my brain today? Yeah, you don't, he'd be scared you of a ghost. Would, he'd be scared of he, he would see yeah, he, he would go, ooh, not boo. He wouldn't try to he wouldn't try to scare the ghost back. Uh, oh, that sounds like a 
like a end of the episode 1 a.m saturday night live sketches like having will forte go around like no the way to stop ghosts is to scare ghosts yourself and be scary (laughs) (laughs) which i I, at the idea Uh, i I am laughing at the idea yeah oh by the way we're using a new uh, app right now we're using zencaster to record this and uh, guess what? Uh, we, we, we're trying to time the episodes lately, and I just realized uh, Zencaster times it. Thank you, Zencaster. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> thank you Zencaster. Thank you. Uh, um, let's let's move on. I, but, uh, I, I've tangented too much. But I um, but yeah, like into high school and into college, like he remained, especially when I started like really like diving deep. When you know, basically when I got the my first solo blockbuster membership card when I was like 15 or 16, his movies were like among the first that I was like actively trying to like rent and get copies of. And I know that like Godfather dog day afternoon, uh, Scarface heat that were among like the first DVDs that I owned. I, I do remember like, counting down and being upset for about a year that Serpico wasn't available on DVD. And then when it came out, I bought it mm. the day. I do remember distinctly buying Serpico the day it came out. I got the Godfather set the day it came out. I got every edition I could get of Dog Day Afternoon and um, Scarface, you know, just down in heat, of course, down the line. Insomnia was a big deal when that came out in college too, especially because that was... Uh, Christopher Nolan's follow-up to Memento, so a lot of excitement around there. And then, you know, movies like Carlito's Way and Donnie Brasco and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, just down the line, he's... If I hadn't seen very many of the... If I hadn't seen very many of the Meryl Streep movies, I've seen almost every one of the movies that we're covering for this season of the show many, many times in a lot of cases, so I'm excited to kind of... Especially with, like, Patrick saying, you know, I hadn't seen things like dog day or heat this is very exciting to hear kind of a little actually i'm going to be honest with you patrick for you and some of our guests who may not have seen some of these movies i'm a little like nervous like about the idea like mm. you, you show up on the show it's like you know the insider kind of sucks i'm like what you know like just <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I'm wondering, like, because I have no like precious favorites in the Meryl Street bracket. It was all kind of like take it as it is. Oh, the French lieutenant's woman, maybe, you know that kind of thing. But with this, it's yeah. like these are so these all, all so many of these movies are so ingrained in kind of like Don's favorite movie DNA that like yeah our first guest comes on it's like dog day afternoon is a terrible movie i'm gonna be like no no it's one of the greatest movies ever made (laughs) it's uh yeah it's 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 i feel you and i think like i feel like they're gonna be i'm excited to watch them all i you know what i realized i was realizing uh thinking about this like i wasn't like a person drawn to i was only drawn to comedic actors Mm. until like later in life and so, like, I never really, I don't, I don't think I ever like uh, glommed onto specific actors, like, until like, or I guess like the the actor, I guess like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like glom onto Al Pacino the way I glommed onto like a like a Ben Stiller or a Will Ferrell. Yeah. Uh, 
And so I am excited. I think I'm going to like most of these. I'm really like, we have a good, I think we have a really good bracket. I, I feel like yeah. I'm going to like, in like every, pretty much every Al Pacino movie I've seen, like as an adult, I've enjoyed. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see, I don't sense that many stinkers here. I feel like this is very stinker light. Yeah. No, I, I, I expect, I knowing having gotten to know you now, I expect, um, I expect you to be yeah. fond of most of these movies. Yeah. Uh, stinker free, perhaps. No, no, no stink here. Who knows? Like, and I, I'm gonna try, listeners, to um, like not be incredible, like coming in with the heat of incredible bias. <laughs> like, you know, like, how dare you? How dare you say that? I cry at the end of Heat. You know that kind of uh, thing, which I do, and we'll we'll talk about it on that episode. But um, I respect that. So I wish I could. I I have a broken soul. I can't cry at movies. I wish I could cry at movies. Well, the I thing about that. Heat is that Heat isn't really like a tearjerker. It's just I'm like so taken by the. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, like I yeah. They're like. Oh, and another straight white guy in his 30s who worships Michael Mann having a podcast. Great. There's a new show for you. <laughs> Still, but like, I don't know, but most, I don't think most people, like, you're like emotionally invested. I want, I want to be emotionally invested in stuff. I'm like, I, I feel like I'm the type of person where like, I don't, I just, I need to, maybe it's like a door I need to open in my heart or something. I want to, I want that feeling. I want that feeling of just like, uh. It's like cinematic empathy. I don't know what it is. Well, I think like, especially with a lot of the ones we're going to be watching here, the ones that I really know well, like there is this feeling of like, kind of like remembering the feeling when I saw them for the first time of like, these were like the kind of movies that made me feel like so much was possible. Like it, God bless, God bless like the Ghostbusters of the world or the, you know, all the like kind of ones I grew up with as a kid watching and still like like a lot but like when i saw like dog day or godfather 2 or something like that there's like this level of like danger and possibilities and like just kind of discovery that i remember feeling when i was like 15 16 17 18 years old and seeing these movies for the first time i mean my favorite story and it's not pacino related it's related to his irishman co-star uh robert de niro you know, one of my favorite story. I first got my um, blockbuster card. I must have been like fifteen or so, and we live within walking distance right. of one, about a mile away, maybe. And um, my brother and I, on a summer day, walked up there. We rented taxi driver. We'd never seen taxi driver before. I was fifteen. I think he. Was, mm. Sadly, I think he was about eleven. Um, we watched it, and we were just like flabbergasted there was like nothing that was like the best word we we're just knocked on our asses and we we're like i can't believe this is real and possible like was that level and i looked at him and i go you know there's another one called raging bull that i read about he goes yeah i go do you want to walk up to blockbuster again today and rent raging bull he goes yes and we did it damn and we love that too but it was just yeah. like that level of like just like blazing enthusiasm and excitement and kind of just being surprised and shocked or even offended was just so exciting. And, you know, you still get that today. I've seen, I've seen like so many thousands of movies since that it's like a little more few and far between. 
that feeling and these are kind right. of at that the beginning of that kind of possibility of that and oh yeah so it's gonna be interesting like yeah it's like, it's if like meryl streep was like a sense yeah, of discovery like, this might be who knows if this is going to be more of a reckoning i don't know but... <laughs> a reckoning <laughs> uh i i think it won't i hope it's not a reckoning i don't think i hope not too reckoning. i don't think it's so not, too we're not gonna we ain't reckoning this will yeah. be this will be a uh this will be like uh, you're putting on a nice pair of slippers yeah 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 bone for a while and they're comfy as hell yeah no i mean these, these are like <laughs> yeah these are definitely all like comfort movies like you know we, there'll be a lot less on at least on my side joking about trying to rent these off of amazon because i do own almost all of these on dvd and blu-ray already like Right. And we'll continue to be cornerstones of my collection. And, you know, I'll probably be working on trying to talk Jen into letting me show our daughter Heat, you know, in three years. <laughs> so, yeah. That'd be your first movie. No, you, you gonna, see there. You're going to put a one, head. one is a cop and one is a thief. But they're two sides of the same <laughs> coin, are they not? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm just imagining just, you just putting a VR headset on your, your baby daughter's head and like yeah. just keep playing in loop for five hours. Yeah, just trying to explain. It's like, no, we had waited 30 years or so, 20 years or so to get Robert De Niro and Al Pacino in the same scene. <laughs> I do love that. You know, I do love that part, though, that like there is a shot in the Irishman of Al Pacino greeting uh, Harvey Keitel toward the end of it. And I heard that Scorsese said, he's like, there's no real reason for this shot movie wise. It's just because they had never shared the screen before. And I wanted Harvey and Al to have a moment in a movie, which is beautiful. Nice. Again, oh, we man, love you. Bit, we yeah. love you, Marty. We love you so okay. much. We love you, Marty. We love you, Harvey. Yeah, we love you, Harvey, Harvey too. Oh, absolutely. Gosh, can I don't know. Do I would. I would. I tell yes. Yeah. That that is a no brainer. Yeah. We'd be watching a lot of. Um, oh man. It would be bleak. Like, guess what we have to watch again yeah. this. Oh, yeah. We got to watch Blue Collar again this week. It's a great movie. But ooh. <laughs> yeah. another 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 round of bad lieutenant. Yeah, bad lieutenant. Well, because bad lieutenant would win. For us. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, I guess it'd be like yeah, bad lieutenant versus the piano or something. Yeah, yeah it's just like piano is such an odd movie. What an odd film. I love that yeah. movie, but it's very like the fact that like like you see Harvey Keitel's little butt in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Uh... Running free and easy in the early '90s with the uh, full frontal nudity, and God bless him for it. Yeah, I watched. Oh, um, man, God bless him. A... I watched Reservoir Dogs actually like two days ago. Speaking of Harvey Keitel, I hadn't seen that for a little while. So you good. had you had you had inspired it with our last episode when you said Terminator was your favorite uh, Cameron picture, and you like kind of the first movies, and you mentioned Reservoir Dogs, and I was like, oh, yeah. I want to watch that, so I, I took a look at it. I like it. It's not my favorite Quentin movie. But you know what? I'm going to leave that out there in the ether to our listeners. Maybe someday we'll get to that'll be like the uh, who killed Laura Palmer of our show. What's Don's favorite <laughs> Quentin movie? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I wanted know, to. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. We're excited. 
no, you're good. You're good, dog. You're good. I was just going to say, like, uh, I need to rewatch. Because, like, I will say, I said that was my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. But perhaps I said that a little flippantly because I haven't seen that movie since probably 20, 2010. Oh. So I'd be curious. So it might be time for, like, a rewatch. You know, it's been 11 years. might be time for me to, you know, pl- you know, to pop that VHS in the old VHS machine. Yeah. Without a doubt, it was a movie I owned on video. Ooh. Year, years years ago, I, I had uh, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction on video. But oh, uh, man. yeah, frequent frequent watches on both both those films. I I, I do want to try and actually get in. I'm trying to before the baby's born, get in as many like um, not so kid friendly movies as possible. <laughs> So like like trying to rewatch the Tarantino movies is like definitely on my list of things to do over the span of this next month. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I, I I usually I must say I'm watch all of his movies every two years or so, just in general. And when the new Beverly is opened, I do like to go to the uh, Quentin Midnight shows. Uh, you know, uh, last last year or two years ago, saw Jackie Brown at midnight and was a wonderful experience. That was, and I uh, like, yeah, going to check uh, those out. That's recommended if you're in Los Angeles. Too. It's a real blast. I feel, like, I feel like that's the one Quentin Tarantino movie I, I haven't seen. Oh, you gotta see it! I, you know, this is not a Jackie Brown podcast, but it is one of his very best. You like it a lot too. <laughs> I think you, I think you'll really like that one. It's it's such a um, it's so fun and sweet. You were you were talking too about kind of liking um, him when he's a little tighter, not as loose in his screenplay. Yes, yeah. And this one has hangout yeah, like elements, a, like a but everything. Like a having adapted it from Elmore Leonard, keeps it uh keeps it a little more on pace. Oh hell yeah. Keeps it doesn't it bother me as much, but um as you. But it's not a Tarantino podcast. It could be, but not. Um mm. I want to tell a quick story before we're gonna get into the bracket here in just a moment, but I have a Owl in the Wild story to share as well. Uh Patrick, have you ever seen Al Pacino in, in the Wild? Oh hell no. Okay. Never have. He's I'm a humble street rat. I've never seen Al Pacino. <laughs> Okay, I don't. What a weird, what a what a what a shitty Los Angeles question. Yeah, have you have you ever seen Al Pacino in person? <laughs> like, shut up, Don. <laughs> like, it's not shitty. It's not shitty. It's we lost. We lost. We lost. We lost Belgium with that comment. You lost Belgium. We're yeah. sorry for being such a Hollywood guy. Um, no, but I have two actually. So. Uh, the first one, when I was a kid, uh, right around this uh, scent of woman heat kind of time period for Al, my mom was in Vegas, and she ran into him in an elevator at a steakhouse, and that was a bit that Damn. was a big that was a big moment for her. She saw she saw Al, and one was like, "Oh my goodness, wow, that's cool." So he that was another reason I guess he was known around our house because he was one of the biggest celebrities my mom had ever seen in like real life. But uh, the, the other story, though, is a little did happen to me. So uh, as you have heard, Patrick and I are known to do occasionally do the improvised comedy. And down here mm-hmm. we have 
all the big ones, Second City and UCB, and of course the Groundlings, the famous character-based, character-comedy-based uh, SNL feeding ground. You know it. And uh, they are, um, unlike, you know, people could talk all they want about the other schools and their, their complicated process of um, getting involved in their system. I'm not sure anything is more difficult and costs more money and is as complicated as the ground links, which requires trying out to see even where you fit in for the, your first class, let alone any other aspect of the process. So it's free, though, to try out, which is kind of nice. Mm. So I uh, was like, you know, I've been doing UCB for a little while. I'm going to try this out, see what this is all about. So I signed up for my, uh, I don't even remember what it was called, just audition or whatever. And I was already like, man, I audition. I don't audition for things. I'm not an actor. But so it's down on Mel- it's down on Melrose, which is a kind of uh, heading toward kind of the fancier part of uh, that area with the nicer restaurants and stuff like that here in Los Angeles. Uh, parking is just a freaking nightmare around there. So it took me forever. I was very nervous. So I, I got some street parking. And I was like, oh, I hope there's a break because I'm going to have to run across the street and pay for more parking. <laughs> there was, which was great. So I was like, okay, we're warming up. I'm getting an idea of what I'm supposed to do here. Like, it's interesting. I, I can't tell. The teacher, was, the teacher was one of those guys who, very funny, but also kind of um, super difficult to read what they found funny. So you're kind of, you know, those types, they're kind of on edge when you're dealing with them. If it's a coach or a teacher or someone you're auditioning for an improv, it's like, oh, I hope I have no idea if they thought I was any good at this. So we, we're on our break, though, and I have to run across Melrose and put more money in the meter. I run across the street and I pass a man with another man, but this one found five, five, five foot seven, five foot eight. Wearing all black, <laughs> got that classic hair, you all know. And I was like, holy shit, that's Al Pacino. And I didn't have time, though, because I was so nervous about getting a parking ticket that I just raced past him. I didn't have time to gawk, so I raced <laughs> past him. I put money in the meter, and I'm like, wow, that was cool. Wow, only in Los Angeles, right? So... I'm like, okay, you know, I got part, I feel confident, and I hadn't even done the big part of my tryout yet. I'm like, guess what, man? I got enough money in this meter. I don't have to worry about a parking ticket. So now I can just be relaxed and do some improv and maybe make class 1A instead of 1B of Groundlings level one. I don't know. Um, So I cross the street and I enter Groundlings. And guess who is in the damn lobby at Groundlings? Al Pacino is standing sure in the lobby he... at Groundlings. And I'm like, one, is he trying out? Is this what I'm up against? Or two, it's like, what the, <laughs> hell, is, what the hell is Al Pacino doing at Groundlings? <laughs> like a Saturday afternoon at like 11 a.m. I was like, what the hell? Does he have a kid or like a nephew who's trying out or like trying to show oh. off the like 201 he must, skills he must, or have, he must have like a lo- 
he must have a large son who's very into improv. I can yeah, see that. Yeah, like, he's like, I wish he could have been a serious theater actor. But no, he's a groundling. <laughs> so he's there. Oh, man. <laughs> and he's, he's leaning up against the wall. And I realize he's leaning up against the wall of the classroom I'm about to enter. So I go inside and I'm waiting for my turn. And if you think that there is pressure in thinking you're going to get a parking ticket, imagine the pressure knowing that the greatest actor in the world is on the wall on the other side of you as you're trying to do goofy-ass bullshit make-em-ups. Needless to say, <laughs> I was assigned to Groundlings 1B, not 1A, that day. And I texted yeah, it's my... Hard, it's hard to do, like, your... Yeah. I texted my improv team and I said, uh, there's a new kid on the block for an improvised comedy here in Los Angeles. And he's one to be on the lookout for. It's Al Pacino. <laughs> and that's my one run in <laughs> with Al Pacino. It was uh, surreal, very cool, and totally threw me off my improv game. And uh, I hope it to is, see him yeah, again. It is hard man. to do your like a... Uh... Yeah, it's hard to do your, like, Dr. Dildo character when, like, yeah. Al Pacino is in the room. Yeah, I think I was yeah. doing some sort of, like, uh, I was, like, if I remember correctly, I was doing some sort of, like, uber-masculine figure skater character, kind of along the lines of uh, Will Ferrell's character from uh, Blades of Glory. <laughs> Something like that. It was, wasn't was good. <laughs> but it was, yeah, kind of that was where we ended up, if I remember correctly. But uh, if I ever meet him, do you think that that's a good uh, icebreaker story? Or do you think I should just tell him I liked Dog Day Afternoon? <laughs> hmm. I think, you know, I, I say you go with the story because everyone tells him, you know, I love Dog Day Afternoon. I'm a freak for Bobby Deerfield. I love yeah. your, your turn in City, in city Hall. Like, Mangle uh, Horn, yeah, Mangle, with... give me some horn. Mangle give you actually no tell him that just say Manglehorn Mangle that's the that's the icebreaker <laughs> go go with Mangle give me some more <laughs> but, you know, I guess like I do have a genuine question though is like what were you doing there I guess that that is, at the end of the day would be that would be the icebreaker it's like dude I saw you at the Groundlings once where you just like are you just a fan of like lower level like afternoon show like student shows <laughs> like or are you oh, think? Man. Are you yeah. did did working on Jack and Jill get you in kind of the zone to want to learn more about um, top of the line improvised comedy? I don't it's know. Like, this is this is where Peter Dante learned his craft, right? Yeah, it's like I was really impressed with Adam <laughs> Sandler's friends. <laughs> I really, I really love the work of Alan Covert, Grandma's boy. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Grandma's boy. Uh, we need to make oh, a sequel, Grandpa's boy. Get what I would have done to play Grandma's boy. <laughs> I could have acted circles around Phyllis Diller. <laughs> oh, oh wow! I like it. I th I'm laughing my ass off. I I like it. I hope I hope everyone else finds that as funny yeah. as Patrick and I do. Um, it's good as hell. It is <laughs> like I like the idea of Al Pacino just becoming one of like Adam Sandler's guys. guys. <laughs> What's well, like kind of like Steve Buscemi? Is, is it Steve Buscemi's like all of them? Yeah, 
he's a serious actor. Oh, so. totally. Shit. Shaq, Shaq is a guy, I think, Shaq. at this point. I feel yeah. Like Shaq, Shaq, Shaq's been in a lot of his movies. Yeah. yeah. Just, Adam, you know, if you're listening to us, make make Al Pacino one of your guys. Have him, like, in weird cameos in all your movies, like Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Just make him one of your guys. <laughs> yeah, when, when you, then when you go on Mark Maron's show and he asks you, who are your guys? You can say Al Pacino is <laughs> yeah. absolutely one of my guys. <laughs> yeah. He's replaced Peter Dante. Peter Dante's out of the guy group now. Yeah. It's, oh, Al Pacino's in. Oh, my goodness. We have so much to cover. Like, God bless him. I think maybe it's like Al Pacino's so much weirder than Meryl Streep that we just have a just oh. like it seems endless. The fountain of stuff because we haven't even gotten to like their Stallone's Instagram and like the boxing parties where they watch boxing matches at Stallone's house and like Guy Fieri's there and Frank Stallone is there and Al Pacino is there. It's like, what? who is this crew? This is weird. <laughs> oh, there's just so much. This is, this is the entourage I want. Yeah, like the entourage I want are a bunch of like weird 70 to 80 year old men who are just like, I remember when it was uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. Now there was a fighter. Oh, God. It's Stallone's weird gaudy house. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, oh, it's it's like, stuff. yeah, those are all just like variations of my grandpa. They're all just like alternate universe versions of my grandpa, basically, which I love. Yeah, this is something that we talked about is like on the end of the stream season, which made her so extraordinary. was like she's always maintained like such a regal grace even in like all the parts she picks and her like consistency and stuff like that there's absolutely no righteous kill in the Meryl Streep filmography there's no like obviously (laughs) there's no Jack and Jill I mean there's like and you know there's 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 no bizarre HBO trilogy of playing fallen real men um Al, oh yeah like even like i'm such an al fan that i did watch all of hunters even and hunters is a bizarre wow. a bizarre show like and he's weird in it <laughs> and it's just yeah i'm glad we're not reviewing it in a, in a way but um but when we did pick like the, the the interesting thing as we move into discussing the bracket here is that earlier on in his career he was super picky and his his filmography mm. is pretty like he was a you know he he was he would take breaks he would go back and do theater like all of his early like the first first decade or so of his career was really like he he was very very specific and calculated in his choices not all of his choices were perfect but he was always picking really interesting challenging things and it was kind of he wasn't even like a he was barely a movie a year early and early on in his career i think he was he I think the vibe i get to he was one of those guys he was like now the theater is where it's at and i do movies to supplement my theater career and he you know, he's been doing theater you know he did a, a david mammon original in 2015 he's still showing up pretty regularly in the theater i'd love to see him they, I, I saw he oh, did. One hundred percent. He did a revival of Glengarry Glen Ross a few years ago, where he played, um, you know, he plays uh, Roma, 
in the uh, movie version of it, like the hotshot top salesman. And uh, in the recent Mm -hmm. play, he played Shelley Levine, the Jack Lemmon character from the movie, the old guy who's like, I would have loved to see it. I would have loved to see it. Love that. Love a, I love, I love a, a, a cowed Al Pacino. Like a, just a, I like the idea of kind of like a beta Pacino. I feel like so I, hard you don't see too. that version of Pacino. Yeah. Uh, oh, cause I, he's an alpha. He's a damn. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a energy yeah. machine. I mean, he's just got it. He, he's, he's hoo We know that. So let's talk uh, about wanna, the, yeah, uh, I want to see like, a, what's that? I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm excited to get into the bracket. Can, yeah. But, uh, what do you got? You you wanted to say something? Let's oh no, I was just say, no, I was just gonna say uh, oh, no 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 uh, there <laughs> no definitely there might be a little lag between both of us and Zach <laughs> Caster. So if it if it seems like we're sometimes a little uh, co- uh, talking over each other, please give us a little uh, give us a little uh, you know just like it's our first day on Zencaster. Give us some peace. Yeah. We got weeks to go on Al Pacino. You'll probably hear many of these stories again. I, I'm sure I want to share my Groundlings story many, many times. <laughs> oh hell yeah! No, I, 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 I touched. Hey, I'll be here. I touched God. So. <laughs> <laughs> God, I touched God. Let's get uh, into the bracket. Let's, let's do, it. do it. So much like sixteen films, four regions. Hopefully, the regions are um thematically solid we're gonna do some bonus episodes as well like we did in the last season we'll tell you about a couple of them today and then we'll also save a few for surprises down the line but the first region of the bracket all of these are these these are killer movies just all the way through by the way but uh first region is the easy the it just rolls off the tongue the title of this region it's portrait of the Alk tour as a young man and you get the picture he's um <laughs> these are some of his earlier films uh starting it off next very week actually the panic in needle park versus dog day afternoon now i have not seen panic in needle park yet that's i've had it in my dvd collection actually for like nearly a decade and for some reason it just never got pulled off the shelf but you've seen it yeah, I've seen it. So this is like the one Al Pacino. This is probably the quietest Al Pacino movie we'll do. This is a very like quiet and like somber film to my recollection. I mm-hmm. I don't think it has a chance in hell of beating Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs> uh, I don't like unless like Dog Day Afternoon is not what I think it is at all. Like I'd be very surprised. I think this is like uh this is like Panic and Needle Park is definitely like this is like a you know, this is the underdog. This is like it's, the... It was his first major film role. A lot of interesting things about it, though. I mean, I'm particularly intrigued by the fact that Joan Didion and John Gregory Dunn wrote the screenplay. I think oh, that that's yeah. uh, quite fascinating. I'm actually, I'm currently reading the book it's based off of right now, and I'll have a full report next week oh. for that episode. But yeah, I'm ex- I'm really excited to see this one finally. I, I mean, we'll get to our kind of like overall picks after we get through everything but Doug the afternoon is one of my like yeah it, it to me it's an all-timer movie just in general not even in it seems the like a perfect category movie. i i love this one i love it so much i can't wait to watch it again um 
I do have a pit, I do have a recommendation for you, Patrick, and for our listeners. This morning, I Ooh. took a look at the documentary "The Dog," which is uh, the story of the real life guy that Al Pacino plays. It's currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Very, very interesting movie and story that I really recommend as kind of a supplemental piece to Dog Day Afternoon. I, I thought it was just a great film, a very, very sad movie. You know, this is only one day and this guy's very <laughs> strange. This guy's life, which turned out to be <sighs> difficult and strange the entire way through. And Dog Day Afternoon only portrays one day out of it. Uh, but I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I, th- I like this matchup a lot. Uh, we have a wonderful guest for that episode who is also, I mean, I don't think he'd be offended if I said it. He's a bit of a wild card. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Like a, I have no idea what direction he's going to go in. So, I can see him voting for Panic in Needle Park. I can see him. I can see it. If you go anyway, there is more drama in this first episode than I, you know, you'll see. I, I don't know. I, I, I know sight unseen where I'm leaning, but then again, Julie and Julia lost in the first episode, the first episode in the last bracket. So anything could happen. Yeah. That's uh, true. And that was the it, one I thought would win. Yeah. And then on the other side of the portrait bracket is, of course, a big one. The Godfather 1 versus The Godfather 2. I mean. Oh, man. What can what more can be said about the Godfather films? We're gonna try yeah. and figure. We're gonna try and figure it out. Um, but you know, that's like a that's a that's an insanely tough bracket. Yeah, and I I know that like I've always been a um, film wise Godfather two guy. I I think Godfather one mm. is a masterpiece, but I think Godfather two, you know, has dabbled in my top ten movies of all time list. Like I and I think I've and I'm excited though to watch them from a kind of a Pacino point of view, if you will. Like because they're so all encompassing and you know it's very easy to kind of get kind of think more about Brando when you watch the first one or Robert De Niro when you watch the second one. Um, that especially in the first one, Al Pacino is actually because he's so quiet in it compare he doesn't not have the show like james Kahn has the show your part marlon brando has the show your part and in godfather you know he's i think these are definitely proof though that he isn't just the hua screamer that you think he is he's yes. uh, he's a he's a little more um he especially earlier on his career i've always had this theory that he kind of leaned a little bit further into the kind of the bigger side of his performances as things went on, but earlier in his career, he was a far more, um, he could be a little more nuanced. I wouldn't say far more, but he could be a little more nuanced, but, but hell we're going to find out. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And, uh, I want to say, have you, um, just on the subject of the Godfather, uh, did you ever watch the, uh, the recut of Godfather part three? Oh, I have not. I really want to. Yeah. Maybe we should, uh, maybe that'll be a bonus bonus. Yeah, I and I've heard it's um, it's quite it's quite good. It's good. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I I definitely want to see it as well. I have not watched that yet. I can't believe I haven't watched that yet. Godfather Three is an interesting one. I think I've actually only ever seen it once. 
I've seen the beginning of that movie on USA Network like <laughs> ten times probably. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. Uh, I feel like I've always seen like the first like five minutes of it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um. So that's our uh, portrait of the Alctor as a young man division. Our next division is the Pua division. As you would imagine, we're taking a, kind of a different phase of Al's career. And these movies are um, kind of the heart of the 1990s, wouldn't mm. you say, Patrick? Yeah. These definitely, this is like a, this, I think these movies best exemplify a very specific era of Pacino. And we'll talk we'll talk about it, but I just got this impression that like because he won the Academy Award for Scent of a Woman, he may have gotten in his head a little that that's what worked. And oh, ran no. really, yeah. and ran, <laughs> ran and ran really really hard with it through the 90s and into the early 2000s. Uh the first film, the first matchup in this division is actually is the aforementioned Scent of a Woman taking on Oliver Stone's Any Given Sunday. I've actually not seen any given Sunday before. I'm really excited for that one. I've always wanted to see it. I have so many, like my brother and my dad really loved, really liked that movie. I don't know if love, love might be a little strong, but they liked that movie at the very least when it came out, but somehow I missed it. Yeah. Oh, I've missed it too. And it, it's an Oliver Stone joint, correct? That is correct. Our first, yeah. uh, I like, I think um, I like, I feel, our first, but perhaps not last, Oliver Stone-related appearance of this season. Oh, interesting. I like, I like me some '90s Oliver Stone, like JFK, Nixon. Oh, yeah. I like. I mean, oh, those are some bangers. He had a he had a good run. He had a really good run. I mean, he's a total yeah. a total lunatic, but uh, you know, great run, great, oh, yeah. a fascinating artist. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm I, I'm. I'm curious here because, as we all know, uh, Al's won Academy Award for Scent of a Woman. But I, unlike Sophie's mm-hmm. Choice, actually, in our last bracket, I don't think Scent of a Woman is a favorite to win this thing. Which Not is a inter- chance. Interesting. Not yeah, a I don't. Chance. I'm, I'm... I, does it beat any given Sunday? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, like it. Or, or, or maybe it's better than we remember. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I've never, uh, I've never, I've never seen it, so I'm not sure. But ah. I feel like I don't know. We'll at the end of the bracket, we'll say what movies we think will win. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave my opinion towards the end. Yeah, I I watched um, Scent of a Woman in a religion class in high school. <laughs> oh, what? That was the first time I ever saw it, and it's it's interesting because when you go to Catholic high school, the teachers and God bless them, you know, I I totally get this. Every every semester, I think you just gotta show a movie so you can recharge your own batteries, and like just okay, we got three days, three or four days here. We can just shut them up and watch this movie. But when you go to Catholic high school, they kind of have to figure out a way to like relate it back to some level of biblical teaching. And Incentive Woman is quite a stretch in the in, to give a biblical reading, but I believe it's something about redemption. If I'm not mistaken, but I'm excited right. uh, when I when I watch the movie, listeners, I'm going to actually try and figure out the answer to that question as we go to is how was this in my religion class? I mean, I remember we watched um, Forrest Gump in my history class, and despite that being uh, not the world's greatest piece of history 
Um, I understand being shown Forrest Gump in U.S. history class because it is a mishmash of U.S. history. But Scent of a Woman is a bit mysterious mm-hmm. for some religion class. So, uh, you know, it's funny when you uh, when you say like a religion class that reminded me of I took a film like so when I gra- uh, had my bar mitzvah, uh, my parents wanted me to like to be connected to like the synagogue or whatever in some weird way still. So like every Wednesday we would do like a uh, it was like a Jewish meetup or whatever. And there were like different classes and like one of them was like a film class. And uh, we would watch like Jewish, you know, it was like Judaism and cinema and stuff like that. And I remember like the films that we watched for that class were uh, Schindler's List, The Pianist, uh, The Believer with Ryan Gosling. Yeah, and, then the fourth, and then the fourth movie was The Hebrew Hammer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the Adam Goldberg. Yeah, I, oh, I remember. <laughs> film that was only released on Comedy Central. Um, I liked. I liked it. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be perfectly honest. I watched it on Comedy Central, and I liked it. You know what? I like that movie more than uh, Knee High Pi. <laughs> I like that. That's my review. It's it's better than Martin Kleba's Knee High Pi. Uh, although God bless Martin Kleba. I hope he gets some work. I like. I like him in Pirates of the Caribbean. He's a good <laughs> uh, little person actor. He's a great. He's a fun. He's a fun presence and everything he does. The um, funny thing I remember though is like in uh, we always had like almost I so I'm not Catholic but I went to Catholic high school so I was kind of a bit of a fish out of water and they make you take a lot of like religion classes and almost all of them they have you do like a presentation presenting some sort of like piece of culture or art that you relate back mm-hmm. to like you know, religion the Bible Jesus what what have you but since I had no real right. like backing whatsoever i would always like come in with like thought about it the night before and tried to relate something i was currently into and stretch it Mm -hmm. a bit into so i i'll never forget i brought in uh the album odalay by beck which not (laughs) everybody he's a scientologist there's no religion there um and i played the song where it's i played the song where it's at in class and i was like yeah because it's like you know heaven it's it's where it's at and the, i could I, if i was if i was the teacher i'd be like "Ooh, yeah, that's a c okay half ass that that's about as half ass <laughs> there are two turntables and a microphone in heaven it sounds like a great time it's party it's like the club it's like a 1970s club no it didn't work <laughs> It's just because I liked the Odalay oh, album. And uh, <laughs> so on that uh, note, who, who knows what wins between Scent of a Woman and Any Given Sunday. But uh, on the other side, uh, interesting matchup here. Donnie Brasco versus The Devil's Advocate. Very interesting matchup. I wow. love Donnie Brasco, and I have not seen The Devil's Advocate, but you have seen The Devil's Advocate. Too young, by the way. I've seen... Oh, too young, too scary. Patrick's review, too scary. Um, too scary. But, uh, I think like Devils at too scary. Ooh, it's it's fun. Though. I think he's like he's like it's a fun perform. It's very like it's Pacino at his most hua. I think Devils <laughs> Advocate. I feel like that might be that could be peak hua Pacino. Uh, and then to my knowledge, Donnie Brasco seems like a pretty conventional film, right? Like I feel like that out of all the four of these, that's like the most like like that's like just like a it's like a conven- pretty conventional like Hollywood film. It is. Um, it's really. It's a. It's a really good film, though. Like, oh, no, it, yeah. It, it's not like. Um, 
you know, I, I mean, I, a lot of the, like, out of all four of these, I think, um, based on trailers for the ones I haven't seen or the ones I have seen, it's kind of Al's most controlled performance. Mm. He's still doing stuff in it, but he's, and he's not the lead. Johnny Depp is the lead of Donnie Brasco. He's the titular Donnie Brasco. But uh, Al's real, like, I saw this one um, at the new Beverly couple years ago paired with the Pope of Greenwich Village for an amazing evening and uh, Al is so good in Donnie Brasco I, I, I'm really excited to watch this one again I think that Donnie Brasco is actually um, I would say it's a dark horse movie for, Al, for Al's performance Al performance wise at least in the Hua division or bracket good yeah, it could be because like I think like and I think like uh, yeah I don't know I, I I don't know enough to make any claims uh, but I think that it could I feel like it has the strongest shot of all of these of when unless any given Sunday though like yeah. you know just like its name any given Sunday indeed indeed I mean as if we've learned anything uh, well actually, I was gonna say like anything can happen in the Academy Academy and yet Sophie's Choice won. The Meryl Streep yeah. one. So apparently, no, it's just the one you expect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never forget Florence Foster Jenkins. Never forget that that there there's some drama. Um, oh yeah. But that's the Hua division. A very uh, you know, I think it's gonna be that's gonna be a very fun one. Next up, uh, division. I'm in particular. I mean, these are heavy hitters down the line. This is the two O'Tours bracket uh two two directors two uh that alice worked with twice the uh top end is heat versus the insider which boy talk talk about a sophie's choice um two of my favorites heat in particular i'm so excited i think heat out of all the movies you said you hadn't seen of alice that's the one i'm most excited to hear what you think yeah, but but uh, I'm excited too. Like I want to see that movie. So yeah, it seems so epic in scope. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, it mm-hmm. it's like an earned three hours, if you ask me. We'll we'll see if oh, our guest. Man, I love a, agrees. I love a good... Yes. But, <laughs> that could uh, be interesting. Yeah. Could be a wild card too for that one. Yep, it could be a wild card for that one as well. I mean, these are both actually the two the two O tours. The dudes rock heavy movies in the out of these four. Oh, I, yeah. I I don't think that that's a controversial statement that uh, these are all <laughs> dude oriented films. So we'll see. You know, we're trying to have yeah, these different... are heavily heavily. They're, these films are heavily spiced with dude. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I remember Heat was the immediate when I had the uh, I had a Heat movie poster up in my bedroom, mm-hmm. both both in uh, oh, I didn't know that both at my parents' house and then it moved with me to my first place when I was in college. Um, just yeah, kind of like one of those throw it on, everybody loves it, you know. It's just great. I saw another one. I saw. I saw it uh, at the New Beverly again in the last two couple of years, and just absolutely sold out show and played like just gangbusters. It was. It just was so great to see it on the big screen again. And because uh, I, 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 I don't, 
I don't tend to miss it if it replays on the big screen too. Oh, interesting. I have a so I have a question for you. Would you be like so Heat versus Insider? I think you want Heat to like. Would you be like if the Insider? Would it be an upset if the Insider beat Heat? I think it would be, but it's because uh, Al does not have like Russell Crowe has the showier role in the Insider. Oh, okay. So he's the lead uh, of the Insider. Okay. See, that's how little this, this like bad Russell boy knows. Russell Crowe was nominated for the Insider. Al was not. Um, oh, interesting. The, the okay. Insider is a great, great movie, though. And, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think you're going to like both of them a lot. But, yeah, Insider's really, really good. There's a lot of, um, you know, top-of-the-line supporting roles in it. Christopher Plummer is just out of this world in The Insider. Uh, there's uh, mm-hmm. Bruce McGill who was in the last time we saw him, he was in Silkwood playing one of the corporate suits who was chasing down Karen Silkwood, uh, has got a great scene in the insider. It's just, it's, it's a really good film as well. I, I, I don't watch the insider as much as I do heat, but I, I've seen it many times. And since it came out, I really, really like that film too. I, I, I even cited it I mean, I just li- in an essay in college about, uh, whistleblowers. Damn. So. I- I'm just, I'm just looking at this cast right now, and it's like Christopher Plummer, Stephen Tobolowski, Debbie Mazar, Philip Baker Hall, Bruce McGill, Rip Torn, Michael Gambon, Gina Gershom, freaking Roger Bart, Cliff Curtis. Like, fuck. Like, it is yeah. like a really, that's a good stack. That's a stacked cast. It's a really, it's a really good film about a topic you think might be kind of dry, but man really makes it, it really sings and, you know in his in his hands and he's got a real good nice touch with al pacino i when you see it you'll see uh, al pacino's some of the stuff he does in heat is pretty wild and over the top it's it's an interesting thing when that we'll talk about it more when we get to that episode but i was like very very like pro robert de niro for the first 10 years of heat like I was like, oh, I don't know what Al's doing, and he's like way too over the top. And Robert De Niro's badass, and he's he's doing it right. But as I've gotten older, and the more times I've watched Heat, the more I'm like, oh, I like. I actually, I'm a Vincent Hanna man. I like. I really like what Al Pacino, the madness that Al Pacino brings to this. And there's going to be stuff we quote the rest of the season from Heat. It's it's infinitely quotable, and some of the lines he says are absolutely batshit crazy. So it's it's good stuff. I can't wait. <laughs> I cannot wait to break the seal on uh, for Patrick and Heat. But uh, on the other side, so Michael Mann is one of our two O tours. On the other side, we're talking about Scarface versus Carlitos Way two from Brian De Palma. Ooh, De Palms. Yes, yes. Uh, another house favorite over here at my place he is an acquired taste no doubt um you know he is he is so stylish and but his movies are nasty at times and you know we should probably just say this <laughs> probably say this ahead of time that al pacino is an italian american and he is playing latino characters in both of these movies, which it's a little actually, it's a yeah it's a lot problematic, and uh, I'm glad that this it's... kind of marks the end. These two films mark the end of uh, Al Pacino ever doing yeah, like and this. and 
there was certainly a time, especially I think with him, because he, you know, he's a he's an Italian American that <laughs> Hollywood, the studio system, and thought he could kind of be a little bit of everybody. I guess <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yes, that that time is I, over. <laughs> Although he played, uh, oh man, um, he played he played Jewish in um, Hunters recently. Not a Jewish man. Uh, in, you know what? I'm. That's true. I will say I'm. I am Jewish. I'm fine with non-Jewish people playing Jewish. That's that's mm-hmm. me though personally. If you're Jewish and you do have a problem with it, uh, please ream me online. You feel <laughs> free to send me the meanest DMs. It's totally fair. That's just something, I guess, like, for me, it's, like, not as huge. I don't know, because, like, I-, I think of one of my favorite uh, Richard Gere movies in the past, uh, uh, past uh, you know, decade was the movie where he played, um, God, what is that film called? I'm looking it up. It's, it has such a long name, so I want to do the name, say the name properly. It's uh, Norman, The Moderate Rise and Tragic Fall of a New York Fixer. Oh, I, I did not like see a Joseph one. Cedar film. Oh, it's so good. It's actually, and it's directed by an Israeli, too. And what's interesting mm-hmm. is, like, like every Jewish person from New York, like, it's like they were purposefully cast, they purposefully cast, like, non-Jewish people in these roles. And it mm-hmm. was, like, an interesting, I don't know, it was, like, an interesting, I think it, it worked for the movie, I think. Well, the thing, too, is, like, main, the director's Jewish, everyone involves Jewish, no. Nobody was harmed in the making of this yeah. film. Uh, yeah, we can move on from this. this can the sa- can the same be said about Scarface, though? I don't <laughs> oh, think so. Oh, hell no. God, no. Um, and uh, that's our second Oliver Stone appearance, because uh, Oliver Stone wrote Scarface. Oh, interesting. Um, I will say, so I'm curious about Scarface, because, like, I've never seen it. Um, I see it, like, it's so funny, like... Uh, there was like a Mark Echo store in, at the mall I was at growing up, and they would just play Scarface and Loop at the Mark Echo store. Um, but uh, but what's uh, but what's interesting is uh, I feel like Scarface is like the birth. Like we were talking about like Hua Al Pacino. Yeah, I feel like this is like the you know this is like kind of like the birth of like you know how like like Nicolas Cage like he describes when he does wild stuff in movies he describes his wild stuff as Western Kabuki. I feel like this is like the this is like the birth of like Al Pacino's Western Kabuki. Yeah, yeah. If you look, there is kind of a demarcation line, and it actually was after the following film, Revolution. He took a four year break from films and returned with Sea of Love in 1989. But um, Mm. he, yeah, it's it's kind of like the end game for one era of Al Pacino and the B. Kind of like how uh, you could argue The Shining is that way for Jack Nicholson where it's kind of the end of one thing and the start of kind of what variations of what they did the rest of their careers. Um, that isn't to say, though, that the, the thing about Brian De Palma's movies, we, we've kind of got, there's always kind of like a yeah, but quality to his films. Like, there you have to like put like um, little markers up like, okay, I just, we gotta, we do need to address the elephant in the room about this, but at the same time, <laughs> Oh my god, they're so entertaining and they're so cool and he's such a great like the flashiest most stylish filmmaker around and his movies are so seedy that you feel a little dirty but at the same time you're like I want to watch all of these. I it kind of almost goes back to that like dangerous thing that I was talking about earlier in the episode about mm-hmm. like when you're a kid and you're like snake eyes. 
what's that? <laughs> you know, Nicolas Cage, the Brian De Palma movie, which <laughs> rocks. Yeah. It's, a, it's a top five De Palma for me on a good day. But I, Interesting. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, Cage is awesome. Gary Sinise, not, not, not a Cage show though, but I love both these movies in particular. I love Carlito's Way. Um, there's some stuff that my, a lot of Al Pacino stuff, I guess, gets quoted around my family's house, but Carlito's Way has <laughs> kind of moved a little bit further in the quoting at our household. He does a couple of voiceover monologues that are kind of hit the unintentional funny scale pretty hard. I'm excited. Like, these are both very over the top performances. You know, like, the, the, this is a pretty macho set of four movies. I'd be curious to see like where where it goes from here. But yeah, this is this is gonna yeah. be fun. I, I'm excited to watch all the I love I find all four of these infinitely rewatchable and I love all of them. We're not gonna have an Iron Lady situation in this bracket where it's gonna be like Oh no. I gotta watch that again. I do love the fact oh, that our God, li- yeah. our listener our <laughs> listeners rejected the Iron Lady as well, but by far our least downloaded episodes. Nothing to do with our guests. I think it has everything to do with the Iron Lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. Freaking stinks. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to... I will say with Carlito's Way, I'm like less... I, I'm almost more interested in seeing Sean Penn. Oh, he's so good in it. I can't wait for you to talk about it. I can't wait. I can't wait to, I can't wait for that. And I can't wait to just copy that haircut. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get that well, I You could be the client. I believe his name's Kleinman Kleinfeld. You could be the Kleinfeld to my Carlito <laughs> on that episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> Klein. Uh, we're both just like, <laughs> that's the episode we get canceled. Yep. And there is no <laughs> more episodes of the Academy Academy. Who on the Al Pacino season? We'll never know. <laughs> Who uh, are? Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited to watch all those. The final slap. I'm excited too. The final uh, region is simply another side mm-hmm. of Al. We're going to be looking at four movies that kind of span the gamut of what Al does. I'm mm-hmm. really these are these are really these are all well. I would say three. I would say are really good. One movie. If we thought Scarface and Carlito's Way was a troubling film, <laughs> well, Gosh. we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about one that was a smidge more controversial, if you could imagine. Uh, but first, we're gonna talk about two movies that are not controversial at all: um, Scarecrow yeah. versus Insomnia. The uh, very different, very mm. uh, different stages of his career. Um, Scarecrow, you had mentioned earlier about kind of the quiet side of Al Pacino. Scarecrow is a truly mm-hmm. terrific film. I think you're going to really like it a lot. It's a it's kind of a real like the the true heads no kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Like they're all, that's the Ooh, one they refer I love to. That. Um, so it's a buddy road movie with uh, Al Pacino and Gene Hackman, mm-hmm. great Gene Hackman, and Gene Hackman kind of kind of gets to play the colorful bigger of the two and Al is wow. kind of the, uh, the beta, if you will, out of the duo. And it's, it's just a, it's a, it's, it's same, 
same director as Panic in Needle Park, Jerry Schatzberg, by the way. And um, it's just oh, a really, okay. it's a really terrific movie. It's again, yeah, it's kind of the movie that like, I don't know, everyone I've talked to who's seen it, they have the same reaction where it's like, you want to like call or text somebody and say, you know, I think, I think this might be my favorite Al Pacino movie. I've heard that from a handful of people wow. over the years. And I remember, um, you know, even talking to some like very successful filmmakers who have mentioned that movie as being one of their absolute faves. And I, I I'm excited to revisit it. I have not seen it for a few years. I'm excited too. And I like, uh, I was going to say that I like, um, the dreary Schatzberg. I've seen one movie of his street smart, mm-hmm. which is a very fun, like with a good, it's a good Christopher Reeve joint. Mm. I love, I love Christopher Reeve in like a non Superman role. He was a good actor. He was a really good actor, and I think he yeah. got a little pigeonholed as uh, yeah. Superman because he was an interesting actor. Yep, and just like a very specific look as well. But I'm excited. I want to see Scarecrow. I want to, and I like, and I like, and I feel like Scarecrow has a little Florence Foster Jenkins energy. It's kind of like I, what you're, I, you're sending I me. I couldn't agree more. I think it uh, definitely has kind of under like the uh, spirited underdog vibes. First round, though, going up against a real, a big film, though, in Insomnia, Christopher Nolan's film, a more recent Al Pacino film, of course, paired with Robin Williams. Robin Williams is the heavy in it, Ooh. too. It's, um, yep. I, I watched this one actually in January of this year and loved it. Again, it's, I remember when I saw it, I was, I thought that it was the first in the post Hua era of Pacino where I was like, oh, he, Nolan got him to kind of calm down a bit and do something, you know, a little <laughs> bit, a little bit more. Cause he's, cause he has to play some. And I mean, if you don't, he doesn't sleep throughout the film as the title would suggest. And so by the end, he's quiet and he's kind of out of like zonked and it's a, it's a really nice thriller. And, you know, and we'll talk more on that episode about kind of where it sits in Christopher Nolan's filmography. I, I have, as I think most of our listeners have um, interpreted, I have a lot of positive feelings and I've put a lot of thought into Christopher Nolan's filmography. So uh, we'll talk about that more then, but I think uh, he does a really nice work with, you know, working with people like Al Pacino and Robin Williams on your third movie and your first studio movie is a big ask. Uh, you know, they're, mm. they're very talented men, but um, I would, <laughs> there are a lot of men. There, there's a big, there's a, there's a bigness to them that is harder to rein in, and yeah. the fact that Nolan gets two really dynamic, controlled performances out of them in this film is pretty impressive. I can't wait mm. to check it out again. Have you you seen that one? Right, especially I love the. Have you seen that one? I have not seen that. one. Oh, cool! I'm excited to hear what no, you. No, I think. have not yet. And, uh, I love like yeah, just like what you said. Uh, the idea of Christopher Nolan. Uh, putting these two, like, figuring out how Christopher Nolan applies these very two, you know, different, you know, equally talented, but very, very uh, disparate performers. Yeah. Uh, how the, how he applies them to his oeuvre, that's going to be fascinating. I cannot wait to, yeah, I can't wait to see that one. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, uh, 
yeah, I can't. Uh, I think that's going to be a very, very fun discussion that episode. And then on the other side, we have cruising versus Serpico. Al Pacino playing mm. two New York cops, two very different New York cops. Um, the right. cru- cruising is, of course, the film. Um, we mentioned as being a tad controversial, and that's an understatement. Uh, you know, picket it all the way through filming, uh, and it's a. Um, I, I had not. I I only saw it for the first time about two or three years ago, and I again another new Beverly showing. Uh, it's it's a wild one. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on in that one. Yeah, uh, and then it's going up against. Um, Serpico, which I would definitely put as uh, kind of one of the quintessential Al roles. You know, kind of mm-hmm. up there with The Godfather, out there with Dog Day of those early ones. And, you know, another Sidney Lumet movie as well. I think on paper, you're probably, Serpico's probably the favorite out of these two. But I know that, um, I will not reveal our guest, but I know that our guest for this episode is a big cruising fan so uh we'll see what happens on that one have you seen either of these two before no no i have not but i'm excited to see serpico is something i've seen referenced so much in my life that i feel like it's like and you know and i bet there's a bunch of movies on here that have been referenced and i just have never put the pieces together. i feel like heat has probably been referenced a million times in various forms of art if you listen to like uh comedy bang bang that john gabris has been on you've probably heard a heat reference we'll put it that way (laughs) there we go yeah then i i've definitely then i'm probably steeped in heat uh then uh but uh i think yeah i I, i'm i'm excited for both these films and i know that like yeah cruising definitely is like a wild wild film but uh i'm just as a curio at least i'm excited about it and i love william Mm -hmm. friedkin yeah and on that note uh fans listeners uh, anyone who has uh, before the cruising episode, be sure to check out the Friedkin Connection, William Friedkin's infinitely uh, awesome and entertaining autobiography. For the cru- the cruising chapter will be referenced to. If you want to hear me continue to call Al Pacino a hair actor, that would be where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> I am going. I'm going to. I'm going on Amazon. Uh, not not Amazon. I'm going to go on a, 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 a go to the last bookstore on earth. I'm going to find a, a non Amazon. Los uh, Angeles listeners, last bookstore, book, Skylight Books. Ch- check them out instead. Yeah, don't don't get your books off of Amazon. Yeah, but I think it's just. Uh, I mean, we're talking. Just I think these are this is sixteen. This is just going to be very fun. 16 fun, wild movies. Oh, I was going to mention, too, if you if you felt, um, if you feel dirty after watching Scarface and Carlito's Way, just get ready for cruising. <laughs> <laughs> because cruising is, <laughs> cruising is an unsettling film at times for, sometimes for movie reasons and sometimes for outside of movie reasons, but it, it's, it's quite the experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what do you think of here? I know that a lot of these movies are new to you, but do you have a um, an early pick? 
Oh, I do, actually. I think my prediction, I'm going to kind of go out of left field, because I think there are some clear ones that probably will win it, uh, but I'm going to do, I'm going to go with like a bit of an underdog this time. I think it's going to be Serpico. I think Serpico takes okay. the cake. I think, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I don't think that that's a crazy prediction at all. Um, I am going to go with, <laughs> this is so funny. I, if this was to happen, we'd have our first episode of each season have the winner <laughs> come out of it. But I'm going to pick Dog Day Afternoon as my pick. Ah, uh, uh, man, I just think on that, paper, that one that one has got the right vibes for me right now. Mm. So, I think that's like yeah. I feel like that one has like like the the purest Al Pacino performance, or like I feel like every like maybe not pure is the wrong term, but I feel like. It, like I feel like there's so much range he's gonna get because like just like from what I know about that movie, I feel like there's uh, a lot of like there's potential for like you know real drama. There's action Pacino. There's a little bit of comedy Pacino, perhaps. Like you'll you'll get all the flavors of Pacino in that. Yeah, I mean the only the only thing that I think oddly enough that gets like if it gets past the panic in Needle Park, it still has to in the very next round take on one of the Godfather films, which is a. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a weighted task so we'll see mm-hmm. but i mean in that you know what imagine the drama if dog day afternoon and serpico which could happen face off in the finals Oof. you know are, are, is patrick gonna be giving money to our former guests to swing the vote will we have a quiz show level controversy <laughs> on the academy academy am i oh i don't know I nary, I promise, my Patrick promise is nary a quiz show. I will, I will not quiz show. I promise this. This is my big promise. I won't, I won't give money. I won't be portrayed by whoever played the guy in quiz show. Who is, I've never seen that movie. I know. Ray Fines and John Turturro are in it, but I've never seen it. So I don't know who the titular quiz show is. Who is, yeah, who is Mr. Quiz Show in this? Who's Mr. Show? I mean, but if we want to do a little bit closer to Pacino, I mean, I don't know if you're running some level of an Ocean's 13 style scheme or perhaps a two for the money with Matthew McConaughey type scheme. Neither film made the bracket, but they do exist as movies that Al Pacino was in. Okay, no, I was just going to say that, like, you know, and look, like, we're not, we haven't, it's like this, what we said with the Meryl Streep back, it, like, you know, we, we know, like, you know, I bet some of you are, like, what, you know, screaming and pulling your hair out because we don't have Bobby Deerfield or uh, yes. we don't have uh, the, rec- the, rec- the recruit, but, uh, where, where the, like, you know, where, just... where the fuck is Manglehorn? <laughs> <laughs> where the fuck is Manglehorn? <laughs> Give me my Manglehorn. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, you got I am unsubscribing to the Academy Academy. Where is Manglehorn? No, and I say that too. I saw Mangle I we're joking, but I I, I do like Manglehorn. I thought Manglehorn was a, a nice a very nice movie. From that David Gordon Green. Yeah, just cuz it has Harmony Corinne as like the third build person in it. Yeah. That's like it, insane to me. <laughs> what a weird choice. I, I, I liked it. I, I did like it. It just it just didn't have the I think the sixteen we picked are so kind of those bigger just bigger names. I mean, sadly enough. Just kinda 
the it, it, it's tough too because like I think like we want to like not only like oh yeah no like we not, we not only want to have like you know like all the biggest movies that he's in but we also want like I think it is good to have like you need to throw in a scarecrow like you mm. need to throw in like uh, like one or two like films that are a little more because like uh, uh, I feel like part of this bra- the point of this bracket too is showing people like new films and like I don't know or like showing like like the like I'd rather have Scarecrow in than The Irishman because like mm-hmm. he's done he's, he's he we have that song and dance multiple times represented <laughs> and <laughs> also the the notion of having to see The Irishman multiple as much as I love that movie. That is a large, that is a, that's a huge commitment. It's a big ask for our listeners, or for our guests, pardon me, to, you know, I, we're going to need you to come on our stupid podcast. You have, you know, you want to spend three and a half hours watching The Irishman for us? We would do it, but with, you oh, know, totally. today. Um, but we are going to do, okay, so this is a nice way to transition into our bonus episodes this season of course we're going to do some bonus episodes some non-bracket ones kind of the the, let's say the stranger corners of the pacino filmography and there'll be a couple surprises but uh to start off our first bonus episode is actually going to be the kind of al pacino as director and the kind of stage bound side of al pacino so we're going to watch looking for richard chinese coffee and the local stigmatic this is this is going to be very, these are going to be very interesting. These are kind of him being able to get some cash, flexing his star muscle, to do some serious passion projects here. And I, I, have you have you seen any of these before? I have not seen any of these before. I, I and looking for Richard is a documentary, correct? Mm-hmm. Or is it yeah, like an I think it's, fake kind of thing? I think it's kind of a hybrid type thing where because they're doing uh richard the third but it's also kind of behind the scenes of them doing richard the third if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. this is all new but uh, yeah I'm, I'm i'm definitely looking forward to these movies local stigmatic i have not actually seen in its entirety but it's one that my my brother loves forwarding me scenes from it youtube scenes from it i don't know why but he, he finds it fast. <laughs> he finds it fascinating. He really thinks it's a real like peak, some peak shit. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the entire thing because I've only ever seen clips of Pacino going pretty big in these clips. But they pretty he's he's so awesome. Um, our next bonus. I'm, I'm looking episode. forward. To it. it looked to me. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah. Uh, I just to me that looks like local stigmatic sounds like the the title of a ministry album. <laughs> yeah. Like he just has huge, like just has to me. That's like a huge, like that sounds like an industrial rock. Like that's like a that's like a that's like a Nine Inch Nails song. Yeah, it was uh, featured in the <laughs> the uh, credits of the Hurt Locker. Um, yes, that's like what Jeremy Renner was listening to, like yeah. before he went out to, to get him get him jacked up. Crimes. Or yeah, 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 get him real jacked up. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, our next bonus episode, this is probably, and I, I have a, I have a curveball that Patrick does not know about. Ooh, so get ready, get ready, folks. It. This bonus episode what? is this is this is bonus episode is probably going to be one of the most talked about episodes of the Academy Academy. Yes. We're calling it Weird 
Pacino. We're going to watch Dick Tracy. We're going to watch Jack and Jill. And we're going to watch Geely. Geely is the curveball. Get out of town. We're going to watch three (laughs) movies that are at best best weird. At worst, could be torture. (laughs) Oh god, Geely's gonna be I can't wait to that movie's gonna be Oh you Oh man. Uh, Bill, you got me straight tripping, Don. Yeah, so get ready for that one after all of our talk about the heavy duty dudes rock acting that we're gonna be going through with the other sixteen <laughs> movies. Dick Tracy, Jack and Jill, and Geely. Get ready, folks. Oh, uh, man. Maybe that- <laughs> cue, up, cue, up, cue up Duncachino on your YouTube. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Get ready, folks. That one is going to be a, a, that a truly a very special episode of the Academy Academy, wouldn't you say? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait yeah. to burn my brain watching Geely. <laughs> yeah. Watch it. Oh, man. I cannot wait. I'm excited. I, that I do that love in, breast uh, joint. I, uh, one of the books we're going to be using for our research this time around is Karina Longworth's book on Al Pacino. Much like Meryl Streep, she wrote one about Al Pacino. And uh, 10 iconic roles. And the final role actually is Al Pacino in Jack and Jill is one of the essays she writes. And I noticed in the special mm-hmm. thanks section, she, of course, is married to the filmmaker Ryan Johnson. And in her dedication, she wrote this book. And its author are indebted to Ryan Johnson for his love, support, encouragement, and perhaps above all, his willingness to watch Jack and Jill. <laughs> Which I, I'm like, oh, that gets me ready to go. Who knows? Here, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Like, oh, that makes me wish for like a vert. Yeah. Where you go? Oh no! I, I would you say Jack and Jill is generally considered? Sadler's weakest? Uh, actually, I would say that I'm okay. Hear me out. I think there actually is like a reevaluation. I feel like oh. like there's been like a recent. I think Sandler. I think it has a little more clout than like. I feel like there are some movies. I think part of it too is he made some even worse movies than that because like he did like Blended and like yeah, uh, just the, go with it. Like he, he had, the he, ridiculous he had, like, a movies comes to mind. Ooh man, that that movie is that is not a fun film to watch. That is that's a bit of a slog. That's a tough one. If we've made anything, we've made anything clear over of our twenty five or so episodes, we are we love Sandler. We love the Sandman. Oh but, yeah. uh, yes, the love, the ridiculous yeah. sticks. I couldn't even bring myself to that one. Oh man, uh, yeah, that that gem should have stayed uh, uncut. That is a, a yeah. gem that you you keep in the earth. You keep uh, you keep I, it in the earth. You know, sometimes uh, <laughs> you keep polishing, and you find out it's still just a piece of shit. So <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> you keep polishing it, and you hope that turd is like a is a di- nope. You're just polishing an ancient turd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is a you found some fossilized elephant feces, my I friend. S- sanded it down to nothing, and it turned out. <laughs> Shit through and through. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't. I, I, I'm looking forward to this this episode. Regardless, I'm looking forward to. I, I already know myself to say like I'm gonna come on and be like, you know what, Jack and Jill, pretty good, pretty good. 
I have to admit. <laughs> ten out of ten. Yeah, ten out of ten. Love it. Super funny. But uh, Duncachino yeah. yeah. is in Jack and Jill, so it can't be all bad if Duncachino is we in We gotta do film. it. Uh, and our final he, bonus episode that we're like, going to announce. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, Patrick. We are like very jacked no. up today. Oh, dude, we're like we're 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 hyped on coffees and whatnot. Um, and but I, I was just saying too that like every all the oh god, s- some sweet sweet pachin. Uh, but uh, <laughs> all the reappraisals about Jack and Jill have been centered around uh, like or Al Pacino's performance in that movie. So yeah. I am like I'm excited. It, I think it'll be fun. Yeah, me too. I, I'm thrilled to uh, be doing that one. And then um, our final announced bonus is um, should come as. No real surprise. We're going to do a full scale deep dive chat on the Irishman. And Oof. I'm excited. I'm excited for that one. That'll be fun. I love it. That's like I've seen that movie probably five times, which is like that's so much of my life. I've spent less like a day of my life. I've spent watching the Irishman. Uh, it's so but it's so good. It's all worth it. Everything. It's just a yeah, it's like, you know. It's like Martin Scorsese just doing like the fish, the fish jam rock version of what he does best. I can't. It's great. It's incredible. Yeah, it's a. It's. I mean, we could. We'll talk a lot about the themes and so forth, but it's. Uh, it's a. It's a real monumental work, a modern classic, if you ask me. And I oh, doubt yeah. my my opinion is not going to change on this next viewing of it. But I'm sure we'll have a lot to dig in on with with it when it comes to that film. If you, you know, if you need more irishman content we'll we'll be here for you on that but uh, i am really really excited for this season i think um you know i think that there's going to be this one's going to be a little funkier than the meryl streep one was just mm-hmm. based on the films themselves and kind of the wild you know wild swings that al takes even in his best films he's really like as regal and controlled as Meryl Streep is, but he is a truly great actor and truly great movie star in his, in his own right. And, you know, these are movies that I would turn, that I turn to just for fun regularly and have for a long time. And I'm excited to talk about them. I'm really thrilled and excited to hear what my co-host Patrick has to think about a lot of these ones that have meant so much to me. I hope he doesn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> uh man I, I i think it's gonna be like uh this is like an actor that i've been meaning to like deep dive into for a long time so i'm excited like that's like my favorite thing about this um uh doing this podcast is i get to like like widen my uh film knowledge like my mm. breadth of film knowledge and like just films i've seen in general and i can't wait to can't wait to learn and grow baby oh definitely definitely i can't wait to uh I can't wait to find out who wins this thing. I can't wait for that weird Pacino episode. You know, we got a heck of a great lineup of good guests yeah. coming up for this. Oh, uh, yeah. We've got the first round completely booked, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, a couple of returning champs as well. Indeed, yeah. If you had some favorites or, some, frankly, some enemies, they could be back. Ooh. But yeah, we got a fun batch of people. We're start, starting next week with Panic in Needle Park versus Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, recommend watching both those films. And if you have time, watch The Dog, the uh, documentary 
around the uh, the the story of dog, the true story of Dog Day Afternoon. I think that uh, helpful to your watch, but we're going to, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun this season. We're glad you're along for the ride again. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, even more so maybe. Uh, check us out on Twitter at the Acad Acad for all updates and mm-hmm. late breaking Pacino news. If you have a, um, I, I mean, I don't think we're going to be able to top word on the street or breaking, uh, you know, <laughs> any of that. But if you have some good Al Pacino related puns, let us know. Uh, we're going to be announcing. Hey, um, uh, uh, if you have any, uh, if you have any uh, questions uh, or puns, uh, send us an email at uh, the Academy Academy podcast at gmail.com. That is the Academy Academy podcast at gmail.com. If you send us a question, we'll answer it on uh, we'll answer it on the podcast so long as it's like, you know, pertinent to what we're talking about and not like supremely fucked up. So don't send us something horrible and evil. Just send be, be nice to us, please, God. <laughs> please. Just, please don't don't just send just don't don't send me fi- you know what? I'm not even gonna say anything because I don't want to will it into it. I feel like when you say it, you will it into yeah. existence. No, we're just two dudes who <laughs> like movies and like talking about movies with y'all. Yeah. There's nothing more or less to it than that. Come on. Yeah, we're we're two normal guys. We're the normal guys of podcasting. But oh, and you can take that one to the grave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> take it to the grave. But, take it to the bank. Well, yeah, we're we got surprises to come. We got fun stuff to come. We're going to announce next week. Obviously, um, much like Meryl uh, Meryl Streep was a part of last season, Stanley Tucci was part of last season. So who mm. are we naming that supporting player award after? We'll find out next week. Among many, many other surprises on the Academy Academy. So I think, uh, are you ready for uh, the season to come? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready too. I am so we'll... cl- I'm, my belt is clipped. Okay, yeah, locked and loaded. A little bit, yeah. Well, much locked like Jeremy, <laughs> much like Jeremy Renner in the Hurt Locker, we're 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 ready to soldier yes. to, uh, soldier up and disarm some bombs. <laughs> yeah, and c- commit a war crime here and there. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe so. If you ever wanted to take a stroll outside of the demilitarized zone for your own personal vendetta mission, you trust the Academy Academy. <laughs> Yeah, we can where... help. Yeah, we'll help you with that. All right. Well, we'll see y'all next week. You know, maybe <laughs> we'll talk about the Hurt Locker even more. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Talk to y'all later. Bye bye. <laughs>